Our gospel is from the Gospel of Luke. And this is uh, before Jesus begins his ministry. As I mentioned, this is the baptism of Jesus. Uh, and so that is what you will hear, is the story of Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist. And so hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of Luke's gospel. As the people were filled with expectation, all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. One question that has often nagged me, as as so many questions around baptism nag me, but one question I've often wondered about is, is if Jesus was God, if Jesus is God incarnate, then what's the point of baptizing him? Why does he need to be baptized? But yet he was. And I ask this question a a lot and have spent a number of years asking that question and trying to find a a good answer for it. And and I don't have one. There is no good answer for this. Uh, In in all the reading that I've, I've done, what I've discovered is that no one... No one really knows why Jesus needed to be baptized. And and in a lot of places, that question just isn't even asked. So it's even hard to find people who are trying to maybe answer this question. It just doesn't seem to to be on the radar for a a lot of people. No one really knows. Uh, And there's there's nothing in the creeds about why Jesus needed to be baptized. And, And in the Nicene Creed and the Apostle Creed, there's not even any mention made of Jesus' baptism. We go, a lot of those old creeds kind of give us Jesus born of the Virgin Mary and then suffered under Pontius Pilate. There's a 30 year gap always in these creeds that don't tell us anything about what Jesus did while he was here. And even John the Baptist was curious when Jesus comes to him. John is like, well, I. I shouldn't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. Uh, But Jesus says, let it be so, for it is proper for us to fulfill righteousness in this way. And so maybe that's the answer right there that Jesus gives. Jesus needed to be baptized because Jesus said he needed to be baptized. And who's going to say no to Jesus? Jesus wants to be baptized. Jesus is going to get baptized. It's one of those blessed mysteries that when we try to unravel it, it maybe loses some of its effect as as mystery. And so I will say, let's leave it as a mystery 
and just as a question to ask and to explore, because the point of faith is to ask questions and to explore, even though a lot of times we know we're not going to find the answer, maybe not even an answer or any answer. Uh, and although I say, let's leave that as a mystery, I have to admit that it, it, does, it drives me crazy. This is one of those mysteries, this mystery of baptism. is one of the mysteries of the faith that I have difficulty just letting be a mystery. I don't know why. I'm so willing to let other things go. Well, it's, it's just a mystery. Let it be what it is. Baptism, there's a struggle there. I want to figure it out. And there's nothing there to figure out. I try to convince myself that it's more like one of those Zen koans or even Jesus' parables, which are kind of like a koan. Uh, they're there for contemplation and meditation, not for solving. They're not puzzles with a solution. They're more like a painting that you can look at. And every time you come back to the painting, maybe you see something different because you, you are someone different each time you come to the painting. And so you come with different expectations or different thoughts, a different experience into that contemplation. And then there is even the bigger question, perhaps, not why was Jesus baptized or what does baptism do, but ask, why were you baptized? Why was I baptized? Ask that question of yourself. And many of you, probably most of you, were baptized as infants, were very young children and had no choice in the matter. It was something that your parents decided for you, and maybe later on you had a chance in life through confirmation or some other ritual to claim those baptismal vows for your own, vows that your parents had made on your behalf. Uh, so maybe, you, especially if your parents aren't around, you don't have them to ask, why did you have me baptized? But you can ask yourself, we do uh, reaffirm our baptismal vows uh, on Easter, and whenever we baptize anyone, there is a short section in that liturgy of those of us that have been baptized to reaffirm our vows. You can ask yourself, why do you join in? Why do you renew or reaffirm your baptismal vows and those rituals and litanies? And some of us uh, were uh, baptized later in life in our teen years or adult years. Uh, and some people grow up in churches uh, that don't do infant baptism, that only do what they call believer baptism. So you need to be usually 12, 13, 14 years old or older to be baptized why were you baptized if you chose to do that later in life? What does your baptism mean to you, whether it was done while you were an infant or when you were older? What does it mean to you? Especially in our, our tradition and, and the, a good portion of the worldwide church, you know, baptism is not a requirement for salvation or to be part of God's kingdom. That's something we already have. Baptism is not essential for our salvation, so why do it? What does it mean? And I can't tell you what it, it means to you. 
that's for you to, de- to decide, and, and you have your own uh, experience with that. There's some tradition of what kind of the church expects that maybe uh, it could mean, and that is part of the baptismal liturgy to renounce evil, to seek what is good, to do justice, uh, follow Jesus. But it may mean a lot more than that to some. And I don't know what it should mean to you, but I tell you at least some of what it means to me to be baptized. And I was uh, not baptized until I was uh, almost a teenager. I was not baptized as a child. My older sister was baptized as a baby, but you know, she was first born, I was last born. <laughs> Often lastborns don't get what the firstborn <laughs> got. Yes, and my baby pictures are still in a shoebox. Still in a shoebox. My sister's all in a beautiful album. That's the way it goes, and that's all right. So I was baptized when I was 12, uh, and sort of by my choice, but also at the prodding of, uh, of my mother. And I, I had spent much of my adult life kind of remembering being baptized, but didn't remember when. I don't remember how old I was uh, or at what point uh, uh, it was that I, had, that I had done it. I remember doing it kind of as a, a teenager and being old enough to you know, be up there, kind of make that decision for myself. But when I, when I came here, when he called me here, and I went to transfer my membership from the Janesville Church up here and to go through the ordination process uh, and had to you know, show that I had been baptized, because it's important to be baptized before one is ordained. Uh, I had to call the uh, church down in Janesville and said, you know, when was I baptized? And I found out is when I was, I was 12, and it was just a couple of months after I'd had uh, a big accident. I'd had, I was riding my bike and got hit by a semi and spent a month in the hospital and uh, had come, you know, Kind of once the accident was over, it was never close to death, but pretty close to death in the process of the accident. Uh, and that was in uh, July of 78, and I was baptized in September of 78. And I thought, oh, my parents were dead at this point, so I couldn't ask them once I found out the date. But I think my mom felt, oh, he's had this big accident. Maybe. Maybe we ought to, you know, I don't know, get him done or <laughs> get him baptized. And, and, I, and I wish that, I really wish I realized that before and could have asked her while she was still alive why that was so close to that accident. And, and I'm thinking now in September at that point I still couldn't walk. So I'm kind of maybe some memory of my dad carrying me up to the baptismal font uh, to be baptized So I was a late baptizee and, and had been kind of active in the church at that point. But then my activity increased uh, through the rest of high school and through college. Uh, and after college, I just got really, had been really, really involved in the church for a number of years doing mission trips and bell choir and serving on committees and, and doing a lot of activity in the church and being a disciple of Christ was starting to to really mean something to me. Uh, 
And uh, Jenny House was our associate pastor at that point. And I remember asking her, I don't know, if we were on a mission trip or something. I said, you know, I really feel ready now to be baptized. And she said, well, you've already been baptized. I said, well, can't we do it again? She said, no. Once you're baptized, you're baptized. You don't have to do it uh, again. And to, do, and to kind of do it again is to sort of show insult to that first one. It just didn't, you know, she said it doesn't make any sense to be rebaptized. Once you're baptized, you're baptized. And for most churches around the world, we recognize each other's baptisms. So even if you're a baptized Catholic and come here, or you're baptized here and decide later to go to a Catholic church or an Orthodox church, most places will accept those baptisms as valid uh, and as real. But I, I felt at that point, because I was kind of at this point where I'm like, oh, I really want to be a disciple. I felt that I had been denied something really special by having been baptized earlier. Really disappointed me. And this is maybe one of the reasons why I struggle with this question of baptism so much. I missed that I wasn't able to make at that point this public declaration that yes, I want to follow Jesus. This is who I want to be to accept the cost and joys of discipleship as our statement of faith says. But now that I'm older, I, I realize that at that time I was trying to turn the sacrament of God into something that was completely about me. All about my needs, my wants, my special day, my special declaration to want to be a follower. And that's not what it is. And believer's baptism, those that only do believer baptisms, I think, uh, miss out on at least part of what baptism is. That it's not about us. It's about what God is doing. It's about God's action in our lives. It's about God's claim on us as sons and daughters of God. It's not really us necessarily saying yes to anything. It's other than to say yes to what God has already claimed on us. It's about Jesus and the Holy Spirit working in us. And baptism is something that we live into then. And so when we baptize a baby, the baby then lives into those baptismal vows, when we baptize a teen to then live into it, when we baptize an adult to then live into it. Right? Baptism, baptism is not getting the child done. That's right. Sometimes think of it, something that you just do. It's getting the life of a disciple started. Not something to be done, but it's the beginning of something that is starting, that journey that is starting. Baptism is not complete or done until death. We live our baptism our whole lives. It's complete at death. It's not a kind of magic to bring protection or salvation or entry into heaven. It's that sign of God's grace. It's the sign that we belong to Christ. And we belong to Christ whether baptized or not. Baptism is 
this outer invisible sign of an inner invisible grace. It's a sign of God's grace that we belong to Christ who asks us to follow and to do what he did. Jesus Christ who knows us and who calls us by name and who knows us also by the name Beloved, who calls us Beloved, which is the only identity really that we need to rely on. That is our greatest identity, is our identity in God as beloved son or beloved daughter. Baptism begins uh, the journey, or for some of us baptized late in life, baptism punctuates a journey that we're already on, a journey to follow Jesus in mission to his people. And baptism and mission go together. They're joined in the source that is Jesus in whom God's self-sharing love redeems us and the world. An epiphany this time that we're in between Christmas and Ash Wednesday. During these weeks of epiphany, we read texts that tell us who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. Think of that in the coming weeks as we explore these texts. These are texts telling us who Jesus is. Who was Jesus and what did he do? And the story begins here. Well, first, he was baptized. Dot, dot, dot. And so how does your story unfold? After he was baptized and then dot, 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 or after she was baptized, and then dot, dot, dot. And maybe that dot, 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 maybe that's the answer to the riddle of what baptism means. Baptism means however it is that you fill those dots. However those dot, dot, dots get lived out. How they get lived out by we who have heard those words you are my beloved son or you are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased that is the good news for today Amen Our sermon hymn, uh, 151, may be a new hymn to some of you. Um, I'm just going to uh, um, call your attention to the um, little comments at the bottom of the first page of where this song came from. Um, I don't speak French, so I hope I'm not going to massacre this name too badly here. Jean de Brebeau, a Jesuit priest, started a mission among native Huron people in Canada in the early 17th century. Jesse Middleton's translation moves beyond the original French poem to include Huron folk symbols such as rabbit skin for swaddling clothes. When I was teaching elementary music, this song was actually in the fifth grade music textbook that I used. And it has become just a 
beautiful and uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs. Um, there's also a children's book that's called All Around the World, and it, it is a beautiful book of how Jesus is um, shown or how children from all over the world see Jesus in their own culture. Um, children from Japan or the Oriental countries may see that infant Jesus with the um, darker skin and the slanted eyes that are typical. Children from Africa, when they put their nativity scene out, will probably put a baby Jesus in their manger of much darker skin. So I think this song is so beautiful and describes how Jesus looked in the eyes of the, uh, that Canadian uh, Huron culture, the native people that live there. And so I hope you enjoy this. Some of you may know this, but that was just a little setup to um, encourage you to sing as, you know, sing strongly. So I'll play it once for you. Mm -hmm. 